pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everybody we welcome you back justin kinner kev nash with you here on dayton's espn radio station 1410 wing am we are dayton's home of the ohio state buckeyes in a week from tonight we'll have ohio state and alabama the national championship game only one more game left for the ohio state buckeyes and we're hoping at the end of that last game they're hoisting a national championship trophy high and above their head and we're really looking forward to that. And, of course, you can catch all of that action right here on Dayton, some of the Buckeyes, 1410 Wing AM. And, well, a voice that you're very familiar with that's going to be calling all the action, longtime voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels, joining us now. Paul, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, Justin. How are you doing? Good. I appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us. Quite the weekend, quite the start to the new year. Let's start, let's let's kick it off with this. Ohio State over Clemson. We talked about it a lot today. It's not that we're surprised that they beat Clemson. We've always known that they're good enough to beat Clemson, but it's the way that they did it. What was your biggest takeaway from the Buckeyes' performance over the Tigers on Friday night? Well, that was the same thing that uh, a lot of us kept thinking around here, the fact that they you know, really handled them pretty easily and you know if it weren't for a few other things it could have even been a wider margin but you know really Justin it was a perfect scenario facing a team that caused so much disappointment to them last year I think it was a great motivating factor and also let's not discount the fact that yes Ohio State beat Northwestern and won the Big Ten Championship but you know probably didn't look as impressive as everybody thought they would be and you know the short number of games led to a lot of folks wondering was it legitimate that they should be in the playoff field and you know i think there was just a lot of internal motivation for these players to go out there and you know play well against clemson because of last year but play well because of all of the opportunities that were lost in so few games you know, it's interesting. Keith Byers uh, hosts a show with us here, and one thing him and I talked about was, and he brought it up, that there's a lot of parallels back to 2014, and at first I didn't think so, but then he started bringing up how the one parallel between this potential championship run and the one in 14 was the strong emergence of the run game. Keep in mind, back in 2014, Zeke Elliott had a great 2014, averaged 100 yard plus yards a game. It's not like he was playing bad, but he doubled his yardage totals in the final three games of the season, and that's basically what we're seeing now from Trey Sermon. The story of the game was Justin Fields Fields and in his toughness coming back after that huge hit. But Trey Sermon, the run that he is on, no pun intended, from what he did in the Big Ten title game and what he did uh, against Clemson, we're talking a lot of Justin Fields, but Trey Sermon is one reason, one of the main reasons, too, that we saw that explosive offensive performance against Clemson uh, on New Year's. And you know, Justin, we started to see some of the second half of the Michigan State game, too. And, you know, a lot of people wondered, number one, what was the running game going to be like without J.K. Dobbins? And, you know, Master Teague is a very serviceable tailback, and we, we saw some doses this year of some of the explosiveness. Not like a J.K. Dobbins, but, you know, what Master Teague brings to it. And then, you know, he got banged up in the Northwestern game, and that really kind of put a lot of the load on Trey Sermon, so it allowed him to get into a good rhythm. But, you know, let's remember, uh, both those two, Sermon and Teague, are both coming off of, of injuries. Teague with an Achilles injury in the spring, and Sermon with an knee injury his last year at Oklahoma. So the opportunity really opened up. But, you know, I'm sure that those two players plus the coaches would tell you 
it's the offensive line as well with the way they played. And, and Justin, think about this. The last three games Ohio State has played, they've had to play down a man or, in some cases, more than a man on their offensive line. So their depth and their development has really helped that. But Trey Sermon is really an incredible role right you talk about the offensive line, but also the defensive line for the Buckeyes, especially the guys inside the middle. Uh, Haskell Garrett had a dominant game. Just talk about their performance against Clemson. You know, I think that certainly Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togia, guys, they've gotten attention because of performances in individual games, but what they've done over the course of the whole season is really big. Just occupying blockers, allowing the linebackers to make plays, stuffing the run. You know, Tommy Togi, I had a career game at Penn State, but he's really continued it, maybe not from a stat standpoint. And Haskell Garrett is such an incredible story, playing the way that he has. When you consider this summer, he was shot in the face. He had a bullet that went in one cheek and out the other, and he manages to be out there playing in the season-opening game and getting a sack. So, you know, there was a lot of, I don't know if concerns the right word, but questions about this defensive line. They didn't have a headline star like either of the Boza brothers or Chase Young, but I think when you look at, what those two young men have done, Tyreek Smith, Jonathan Cooper, uh, it's a defensive line that really was disruptive against Clemson. We have longtime radio voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels, with us here on the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Ohio State-Alabama National Championship game a week from tonight. And, Paul, we'll get to that in a moment. But Kevin and I were just discussing, um, you, you know, if Ohio State does go on to win this national championship, I, I, I labeled it as this would be the most difficult championship that the Buckeyes have ever won due to everything that they've had to face this season. You know, we started bringing, talking about 2014 with the third-string quarterback, 2002 with the real talented Miami team. But but this year, if you think about the big wins that they've had this year, uh, I was dramatic with this, but I said the biggest win of the season for Ohio State was not Clemson. It wasn't Northwestern. It wasn't Indiana. It was the win over their conference. The win, the, the you know, the opportunity <laughs> to play this season was the biggest victory they had. If they go on to win this national championship, Paul, where would you rank this as far as the most difficult championship in, in program's history? Well, I think in its own way, it would be one of the most difficult, and, and winning it in spite of the big Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in August and September, we didn't think there was going to be a football season. And, you know, also considering the fact that, you know, they had games canceled because of virus issues with themselves and with opponents. Uh, the stop and start that they had, it really kept this team from being able to get into a good groove. And, and let's also not forget, too, they didn't have the non-conference games where a lot of times with a big lead, you get a chance to play a lot of younger players. You get a chance to play a lot of backup players. They didn't have spring football, so... You know, I think in its own way, there's every reason to say that it's been one of the most difficult seasons that uh, that Ohio State's had. And if they're able to put a championship onto that, certainly that would be worth the discussion. You know, the game was on Friday. We partied all day on Saturday and Sunday, and now it's Monday. And a week from today, they're playing in the national championship game. What do you guys think about this quick turnaround from the semifinal to the national championship game? Well, it's, you know, it, I think ever since we've gotten to the playoff system, it's been about this kind of a time frame. The, the quicker turnaround is from the conference championship, the mm. first semi. But, you know, they've got a chance to play. That's all anybody wanted. Uh, and, you know, and I think the, the good thing about it is uh, it allows them to try and maintain some rhythm. Uh, yeah, you'd like the, uh, maybe another few days for guys that are you know, banged up a little bit to be able to recover. But, you know, the, the thing that was impressive is if we saw Ohio State play on Friday night, the best game they've played all year and against the most talented opponent that they've played all year. So hopefully the, the quick turnaround, uh, you know, a little more than a week allows them to maintain some of that rhythm. 
pod with Alabama coming up again. And the other reason to go back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as the most, if this could potentially be the most difficult national championship they've ever won on top of everything the Buckeyes have had to endure this season. You also just faced the number two team in the country in Clemson, and now you have the number one team in the country in Alabama. Um, and, and you know, with this talented Alabama team, what is it that you're looking at in this matchup that separates it from the Clemson matchup? What are some of the differences in this Bama team versus what they just faced in Clemson, and how do they match up in your opinion? Well, I think that certainly the thing that concerns you if you're an Ohio State fan is this defense could play as well as they did against Clemson and still have issues against Alabama. They have so many threats that they can throw at you, whether it's the quarterback, Mac Jones, whether it's Najee Harris running the ball, you know, whether it's Devontae Smith. And, you know, now we're coming out that uh, Jalen Waddle, who they lost early season, is apparently going to start practicing at receiver, <laughs> and there's a possibility he, he might play. So, you know, I think that Alabama has the potential to have maybe more individual threats than what Clemson has, and that doesn't take anything away from Clemson. That's an incredibly talented football team. And, and Alabama may be on the football better defensive football team as well. Uh, you know, so I think that's the thing that maybe concerns you. This Ohio State team could play like they did Friday and, and still be in a real dogfight, you know, not be able to have as, as easy time as they did. But you wouldn't expect anything less from an Alabama team, from a Nick Saban team, or from a national championship game. You know, you're, you're one of the best at your job for obvious reasons, and uh, you're very good at painting the picture with words. And I want you to paint a picture for us here. I can't think of any great way to explain what we've witnessed from what Ryan Day has done in taking over for Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, when everyone was excited about Ryan Day taking over, I was deemed being negative because I said, look, I don't want to get my hopes up because you don't just replace not an all-time program great, but one of the all-time greats in Urban Meyer. And yet here we are, uh, Ryan Day, dear number two, Big Ten title, first, you know, first two years, college football playoff first two years, and now in year two playing for a national championship. You've seen the transition from, you know, Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. Just in your own words, how great of a job has Ryan Day done? It's been phenomenal. And really, Justin, it started in 2018. If you remember the three games that he was the acting head coach when Urban Meyer was suspended. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where he really got on a lot of people's radar, even though folks had high regard for him when he was first hired after a couple of years in the NFL. But what he did in those three games, and, and not just those three games, remember Ryan had to be the acting head coach through all of the summer camp that year. And that's what really got him on people's radar. You know, he's done a phenomenal job. He's obviously, uh, you know, really in tune to what quarterbacks do, being the position that he played in college, and that was his position coach when he came here. But I think what Ryan Day, and the other thing he's been remarkable at that maybe doesn't get talked about enough, the people that he brought in on his coaching staff, when he first became the permanent head coach, uh, you know, the folks that he brought in, uh, some of them are no longer here, like Jeff Halfley and Mike Yersich, but, you know, he's done a phenomenal job at putting the great pieces together in that coaching staff, getting Kerry Combs to come back and coach the secondary and be, uh, you know, co-defensive coordinator. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job, and, and on top of all of that, He's done it being, you know, for our business, it's been great. He's so media-friendly and media-accessible, and is just such a, a wonderful guy. He's one of those people, you know, in our business, you, you're not supposed to root for people because of who they are, but Ryan Day's the exception to that. You want to root for him to have success because he is such a good guy. 
Paul, before we let you go, you know, we talk about how different of a season this has been for everyone in any capacity uh, when it comes to the sports landscape due to COVID-19, but how different of a year has this been for you? I know as a fan, it's weird watching these big games on the big stage with limited fans, and it's tough to, you know, a big moment happens, and we're used to the crowd just on their feet, and then there's only a couple thousand fans in the stands. For you as a broadcaster, I know you feed off the energy of the crowd as well in these big moments. Just how different has this been for you, whether you're broadcasting remotely or even calling a playoff game like you just did, when what you would assume would be a packed house to having limited capacity. How different of a year has this been for you professionally from a broadcaster perspective? Well, it's been different and it's been challenging, Justin. We've all of the away games, including last Friday and this coming game, we're doing remotely. So uh, it's a challenge when you're not seeing the game in person. You're not able to see substitutions. You can't always see yard lines. Uh, you, you don't have a good gauge when penalty flanks come, what it might be. It's a real, a real big challenge. Um, but even the three home games we did with no fans there, there was a different feel to that. But yeah, doing these games remotely and, and a lot of announcers, you know, I think about half the Big Ten announcers uh, did away games remotely. About half of them uh, did not. Uh, it's a challenge and we understand why we have to do it that way. It's our company's wish uh, for health and safety. Uh, but it's been very, very different. I can tell you that. You know, hopefully as everything rolls through uh, with more progress in 2021, uh, myself and the guys I work with in our booth, we look forward to actually being in a booth. We look forward to actually being at a live game, being able to call it that way. You know, a lot of folks have put a lot of work in to provide us what we need to do these games remotely. And and, and it'll be, uh, you know, there's a disappointment that we're not going to be able to see the national championship game at broadcast version, but... We're still going to have the opportunity to try and make it uh, the best thing that we can do doing it remotely from Columbus, what's being played in Florida. It's been a challenge, but, you know, there have been people that have had bigger challenges. All right, longtime radio voice for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Good enough to join us uh, and hang out with us here on the Justin Kidder Show with Kev Nash on 1410 Wing AM. Paul, you're a busy guy. I know you got a big game you're prepping for. You're also doing basketball as well. So the work never stops, and that's a good thing uh, with everything that happened in 2020. Paul, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Um, we look forward to hearing your call uh, a week from tonight in the national title game. All right, fellas. Take care.